Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. I have a word from God for you tonight. In fact, if you'll get your Bibles or maybe a pen and paper, I know a lot of times we take notes on our phones, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little quicker with pen and paper to write down some of the scripture references. And don't forget, if you happen to need to refresh yourself, you can always rewind and you can always uh, you know, go back and listen to it again. We're going to be in the Word of God beginning in Genesis chapter 1. First, let's pray together. You ready? God, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for our church, Lord. We thank you for our community of believers, both, Lord, here in southeast Texas and around the world. God, tonight, draw us together, Lord, according to your word, Father. And, Lord, grant us the grace, Lord, to hear what you are saying to the churches tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to quote from Genesis 1 and verse 1 and 2 and a portion of 3. Listen to what God said. The very first lesson that God gave us figures in heavily to what we're going to be learning today. The Bible begins with God teaching us what He does in a time of difficulty. What He does whenever things aren't going the way He wants them to go. Well, first of all, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form, verse 2 says. The earth was void and without form, and darkness covered the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Then, in verse 3, the Bible tells us that God did something very specific to fixing the problem. The Bible says that God said. God did what? God spoke directly to the problem, and God said, let there be light. You know, I have had the fortune to spend a little time lately looking on the internet and finding out what preachers are preaching and what, you know, uh, people are listening to all around the world. And one of the things that I have found is that preachers come in basically about two different categories. Those who are teaching things that we should know and should do, and those that are teaching things that we should not do. Some teachers and some preachers and indeed some organizations and movements seem to be more for what they are for than what they're against, while others seem to be more for what they're against than what they're for. And I just wanted to make sure today that we focus on what we are for so that we can make sure we're moving in the right direction and not just away from something that is bad, but rather towards something that is God. There are two actions in any crisis. One is to just try to get away from it, uh, you know, and many times while people are running from it, they are screaming, and many times they aren't screaming the most pleasant things. And a second action, of course, is to take command and to move toward something. That's what God did in Genesis 1. When there was a crisis on the earth, when the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, the Spirit of God moved closer. That's one of the first principles. God gets closer. He moves towards something so He can take command. And then God did not say, it's not dark. And God did not say, I curse the darkness. God did not say, I don't like all that darkness. And, you know, and, and, and the earth is covered with, you know, uh, uh, is void and empty and it's unproductive. 
God did not say, I don't like what I have. Rather, God took command, and He used the most powerful thing at His disposal, and that was His Word. And He spoke, and there was light. That's the story. And God teaches us that from Genesis 1 all the way through the end of Revelation. That what we say makes a difference. In fact, one of the proof texts we're going to use tonight comes from the book of Numbers. In Numbers chapter 14 and verse 28. And one of the reasons why I am sharing this message tonight on how powerful our words are and how we need to watch what we say and also how we need to realize, are we taking command and speaking as of the oracles of God? Are we speaking God's word and God's will? Or are we just running from something or perhaps cursing it or perhaps just saying how bad everything is? Those are two different approaches. One of them is worldly one of, you know, and, and demonic. The Bible says that this wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. And the other one is a wisdom of God. In the chapter, uh, chapter 14 of Numbers, you can read all about it. It's where Moses had sent the 12 spies into the land of Canaan to spy out the land. And all 12 of them saw the same thing, but they came back with very differing reports. They saw everything that was going on, and 10 of those 12 spies said that this is too bad. It's, it, we can't do, there's nothing we can do to affect anything better for our lives. It was really better for us to have died in the wilderness. Things are so bad that, that we don't think they'll ever get any better for us. They were in depression. They were worried, frustrated, aggravated, irritated. They saw what was going on around them and felt as though that the enemies... That, uh, that they would have to conquer in order to have peace were just too formidable. The enemies were too many. They were too big. They were too entrenched. But yet two people, Joshua and Caleb, two of those spies, they saw it a different way. And what they said was different. The only thing but difference between the ten spies and that, that, that ended up dying in the wilderness and the two spies that ended up going into the land of Canaan the only difference between them is what they said with their mouth. That's all. Now, unfortunately, I did recently find several preachers on the internet that were preaching against, uh, saying, you know, preaching against the, the thought that our words were powerful, that it made any difference as to what we said, that we could confess something and it would ever make any difference. Uh, that's just not the truth. It's not the truth of God's whole counsel. It's not the truth of the very first lesson He teaches us. Now, neither should we err on the side of name it, claim it. God has you know, not uh, given us this power to get us you know, a, a Cadillac or a diamond ring. The, the book of James says the reason why you pray to God and, and, and you know, want things and uh, 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 push for things uh, makes a difference. The reason why you do it makes a difference in whether or not it moves the hand of God. If you're just doing something and saying something to consume it on your own lust. If you're just asking God for something that just benefits self, then uh, you know, God is in no way obligated. And neither are the spiritual forces of this universe obligated to listen or to obey you. But when you are speaking the word and the will of God, 
when you are speaking what God by faith has dropped into your heart, usually, almost always aimed at helping someone else and moving some mountain, then what we say is very, very important. In the book of Numbers, these 12 spies differed in what they said. Not only that, but they differed in what they got. And it's all based upon this turn in Numbers 14 and verse 28. Uh, God was quite upset because of what the 10 spies told everybody else. Not only did they say, we can't do it, you know, they believed they couldn't, but they also told other people. They began to spread a vicious, ungodly rumor that God was not big enough to take care of this problem. They began to say that the problem was going to end up causing them to die in the wilderness. But Joshua and Caleb said, that's not true. That is not true. We are well able, and God is with us. And we can go at once and make a difference. Well, in Numbers 14, in verse 28, God said this to Moses. He said, say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Just exactly what I have heard you say is going to happen to you. That is what's going to happen to you. Now, it was relegated here to saying things are going to get better and we're going to win and you know God is going to prevail versus things are not going to get better, we're not going to win, and God is not going to prevail. You know, it was relegated to those two sides of the coin. Coin, Either, either God is going to win or the devil is going to win. Either, either God is with us or God is not with us. Either we are going to see things get better or we are not going to see things get better. You see, what they said made a difference, a huge difference, because every one of them that agreed with the evil report died in the wilderness. And those that agreed with God's report and God's word, because of what they said, ended up going into the land of promise. All throughout the word of God, we find these same similarities. We find it in Matthew, the 15th chapter. You know, uh, the Bible tells us in verses 18 and also in, in uh, verse 11 that it is not that which goes into a man that defiles him but rather that which comes out of a man that defiles him. How, Jesus, how, how did Jesus say that we could be defiled? By what comes out of us. He said, for out of the heart, okay, Matthew 15, verse 18, out of the heart proceeds everything from evil thoughts. They get out to false witnesses. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine false witness ever getting out of someone's mouth, ever getting out of their heart? False witness words, speaking things about other people that's not true, or even evil thoughts. Evil thoughts defile us whenever they get out. It's not that which goes into the mouth, but that which comes out of the mouth that defiles us. Also, the Word of God says in Matthew, the 12th chapter, that it's by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. 
uh, you know, every idle word that we speak. In fact, in Matthew, the 10th chapter, uh, Jesus said, you know, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father and the holy angels. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. What we say about Jesus, what we say about our enemies, what we say about the circumstances of life, what we believe in our heart will get out of our mouth. And when it does come out of our mouth, it can defile us, it can separate us from the witness of God, or it can confirm the Word and the will of God, and it literally can make things happen. Of course it can. You know, Proverbs, the 18th chapter, verses 20 and 21, a very important scripture. The wisdom of Solomon, he said this. He said that, that you know, a man's belly shall be filled with, with, with the increase of his lips. You know, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his lips. You know, with, with, with the increase, your words are going to fill you. He said, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What does that mean? That means that, that, that your words contain both death and life, and your words will make a difference. You will end up eating the fruit of your words. That's the reason the Apostle Paul told us to speak that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. You know, uh, Solomon also said in, 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 in Proverbs 6, verse 2, he said, you are snared by the words of your mouth. By the words of your lips, you are taken. What does that mean? That means that when we allow things to come out of our mouth, that, uh, that, you know, it's just not the will of God. Like Isaiah said, that God creates the fruit of the lips. You know, it's, 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 it's the fruit of our lips giving praise unto God. God wants us not only just to lift up our voice of praise, but God listens to the counsel of His servants. He performs the counsel of His servants. You can find that in Isaiah, uh, I, I think maybe chapter uh, 44 or so, that God, you know, he confirms the word of his, of his servants, and he performs the word of his messenger. That's God's word. In fact, words are so important to God that God, in giving us a picture of the process of us being saved, included us speaking and confessing him as Lord. In Romans, the 10th chapter, uh, all the way back you know, uh, to verse 6, the Bible says, uh, but the righteousness of faith speaks. Righteousness which comes by faith speaks. Faith demands that we speak. Now, if you have a believing problem, you know, you need to go to the Word because we can increase our faith by reading the Word of God instead of by reading the daily news. Reading the daily news might increase your worry and your doubt and your fear, but reading the Word of God increases our faith. And the more time we hang around born-again believers, born-again uh, believers who believe the Word of God, the more we hang around them and the more we hang around Jesus, we begin to grow a fruit of the Spirit called faith. Okay? Now, it's important that we realize that, uh, that if we're having a believing problem, go to the Word. But once we know what God says, then we need to begin to speak what God says. Very important. The Bible says that if a man, Romans the 10th chapter, faith speaks. If a man believes in his heart that there is a God, okay, and believes in his heart, believes in Jesus, then there's one more step in order to be saved. 
And that step is confession. For if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. For all, Romans 10, 13, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, the requisite there is to call upon the name of the Lord. It's not enough just to believe in Him. We must believe and receive. And we receive Him, the Bible says, whenever we confess Him as Lord and Savior, whenever we invite Him in, you know, verbally, if we have that capacity, but even with our thoughts and our minds and our heart, as we open up our heart to God and, we, and, and as we declare from our spirit, come into our life and be our Lord, I am your child. And if we confess Him before men, not only in our words, but also our actions, He will confess us before His Father in heaven. Faith and confession. Very, very important. In fact, today I want to draw your attention as well to one more scripture verse or passage. It's in Mark, the 11th chapter. You know, people who do not teach or believe in faith and confession, they really don't know what to do with this particular scripture. I mean, they can read John 15, verse 7, and where it says that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. You know, uh, they, they can read that and, and, and skirt around that somewhat. But when we get to the points in the book of Matthew and in the book of Mark, where God specifically gives us a picture of how He wants us to operate and the faith that we should have in His process, it is hard to deny that Jesus said that if we have faith, you know, the size of a mustard seed, we can say to the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. You know, we can say. That's right. It takes a verbalization, an important aspect. Just like Genesis, the first chapter, God said, let there be light. That's important. What we say makes a difference. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, and a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Again, Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. It's so important that we realize that our words are important. In fact, our words should be the indicator of what we are believing. When you hear yourself speaking recently, do you hear faith and doubt and worry and frustration and aggravation and irritation and turmoil and anger? And, you know, what do you hear yourself saying? Or do you hear, you know, blessings? And, and do you hear faith? And do you hear yourself saying that God has this, that this is not bigger than God? Are you telling God how big your problems are? Are you telling everyone else like those 10 spies how big our enemies are? Are you telling uh, you know, uh, our, 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 you know, our families, our, our community? Are you telling them how, how strong the walls are, how fortified the enemies of our communities, our society, of our hope? Are you telling them how big our enemies are? Are you telling God how big your problem is? Or are you telling your problem how big your God is? That's what makes a difference. So back to Mark 11. In Mark 11, in verse 22, the Word of God tells us, have faith in God. Verse 23, 
For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto that mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Now, wait, let's put the whole counsel of God together. It's not about diamond rings and Cadillacs. Okay? It's about us bringing the kingdom of God the love, the joy, the peace of God into our heart, into our home, and into our communities. It's about speaking God's will, not only just in prayer, and not only just into the heavenlies, and in our heart, and in our minds, and setting the tone of our life, but also to our community at large. It might have been a little different if those ten spies even believing that we were not able or that the children of Israel were not able to conquer their enemies, it might have still been better if they'd have kept their mouth shut. No. But when they were required to give a report and people asked them and people will ask you, be prepared with a good report. Why? Because Mark 11 verse 24 says, what things soever you desire, when you pray, Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, what are you going to do with that one? What are you going to do with that? You see, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The first battle to win is in our thought. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And then, as our thoughts begin to get down into our heart, the Bible says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Watch what you're saying and realize what you're saying makes a difference. It makes a great difference. What we say makes a difference. That's what David said in Psalms 116. He said, I have believed, therefore I have spoken. <laughs> you know, what was he saying? He's saying... I, I'm only speaking what I believe. In fact, the Apostle Paul quoted him in 2 Corinthians, I believe it's verse uh, 13 of chapter 4 maybe. He, he, he said this, you know, just like, just like it's written, I have believed, therefore I have spoken. He said also, I believe and therefore I speak. You know, if God be for me, who can be against me? You know, what shall I fear that man shall do unto me? That's what I'm speaking. Why? Because that's what I'm believing. Okay? God bless you. Be like God. Have faith in God and watch the words of your mouth. They affect you and they affect others.